Welcome back live, and we have our first guest ever. Let me give y'all his stats, though. If you guys didn't know, this is Dr. Steven Soon, not Song, Soon, like coming home soon. And, and hey, if you didn't know, he's a hooper. He's a retired ex-hooper. He played basketball at Temple City High School. Senior year, he averaged 15 points, 40% shooting from the field, 73% from the free throw line. Yeah, you got to do better than that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit undercorrected, I have to say. I think I had about a minus 50 uh, myopia that wasn't corrected until after high school. Wow, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blame that 73% and that 40% field goal shooting from I'm not actually seeing the optometrist. Okay. Wow, and that's where we come in. <laughs> now, I didn't know we had a big sad. celebrity in the house today. Yeah, I'm so a, excited. He's a big deal. <laughs> uh, he graduated from SCCO in 2013, started his private practice, uh, Bright Vision Optometry in Chino Hills, California. And he started his, uh, his brand, the Circle of Least Confusion, uh, 2020, during the pandemic. So everybody, welcome, Steven oh. Sue. Yeah. Welcome. welcome to the podcast. Hi, everybody. Hi, man. So how are you doing today? I feel like you guys should do like the, you know, the, the, ba -ba 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 -ba. what is that thing on the DJ Great where idea. you press that? <laughs> Doug, can you work on that? Yeah. <laughs> the, the buttons. We got to get buttons. We, do. Sure. we need a full DJ, like in the background. Oh, I actually know a DJ who's an optometrist, but I think she's more into like trap music. I think it'll be really funny if you guys had fake commercials. It'll be like, look, Zadika Esler taking over the world in 2023. Fire. Join us or die. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We'll have to have our production meeting after this. Definitely. Let's get it going. All right. Should we start with the questions? We have so many questions for you. We have a lot of questions. Ooh, I got some answers for you guys. Let's let's get it. Okay, should I go first? Yeah. Nadia, go first. Okay, all right. This is a very serious question and I want you to really think about your answer. Okay. What, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Whoa, that is a very serious question. Hmm. I feel like I the chicken came first. Mm. Is there any specific reason why? Uh, because it was the first choice and I didn't want to overthink it. Wow. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> that says a lot about you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an explanation on why the chicken is first, to be honest. Um, you just, just feel it in your heart. No, we get it. Like, it's just like right here. You can just, it's like internal. Yeah. The universe is speaking to you about how the chicken whispered. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, that question threw me off for sure. I thought we were going to get into like a Tom Cruise stuff. <laughs> yeah, right? Serious. This is a serious eggs. question. Hey, this is the Dead Perception podcast. We're getting in depth, bro. It's not just about optometry, you know? We have to, we have to do it all. It's really, we're getting in deep. <laughs> no, I, I will say the chicken is probably first. Chicken is probably also cheaper right now. We're That's talking about cool. eggs. You're right. And the eggflation is a real loans. thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although the, the egg inflation is not even as much as the NBEO inflation. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit too. 
No way. Insane. Let's get more into that. So, like, uh, tell us about your process with, like, starting a prior practice, how you made that decision, and how that process has gone from starting it into building it. Uh, so, we're talking about Bright Vision Optometry, my private practice, correct? Mm-hmm. Cool. So, the process actually started way, way early before optometry school. Um, my sister is actually an optometrist, so... Uh, she actually graduated Berkeley uh, in 2010. So during her first year of optometry school, uh, I was a freshman at UC Irvine. And at the time, I was undecided on my major. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I literally stayed at the gym all the time hooping instead of going to class. But she actually saw that I was struggling with trying to decide what my future was like. I was not making the best of the time that I was in college trying to get a degree and figure out what I wanted to do. So she gave me a call uh, one quarter and she was like, I'm in optometry school and it's actually really, really cool. Uh, You get to talk to people all the time. Um, And then worst thing is if you don't know something, you just refer. So that kind of took the pressure off. Uh, And she pitched me this idea. She's like, "Um, if you do go to optometry school, you know what would be really cool? We can actually start a family practice together. You just have to show up for work. I'll do all the business stuff. Just show up for work. I'll take care of everything. And right when she said that idea, I had this vision of us actually starting a private practice, working together. Me and my sister are really close. So um, it just sounded like a good idea. And ever since then, I was, what, 17, 18 years old at the time. And we just ran with the idea. And look at us now. It's come to fruition and we have our private practice and we've been running it for eight years now. Um, So every time someone asks me, like say in optometry school, I'm sure you guys got this all the time, or perhaps you guys are getting it now. It's like, what do you want to do after you graduate? Where do you want to work? What's, what's going to happen after, after you graduate? Like first year, I already had the answer. I'm going to start a private practice with my sister. So that vision, that plan, um, that was always, the thing that we were going to do. Um, it was just a matter of when. Um, I think that was also challenging too, because once you graduate, you graduate with a lot of loans. And in order to start a business, what you have to have a lot of money actually to start a business, especially if you're starting cold, just like we did. So there was a build out that costs money. You have to buy inventory, frames, glasses. You have to buy equipment and equipments are hella expensive. Uh, so you had to really come up with money and obviously all the money that I was making was going to paying student loans. So we had to take out another loan to do it. So now on top of our student loans that we have, now we're taking out a business loan. Uh, so that was a little bit challenging to swallow. It was like, damn, I'm already down. Now we got to be more down just to start this business. So, um, I'm guessing the process kind of just ask real quick, like how much did you, how much loans did you have when you graduated? If I may ask. Yeah, 200000 And then how much did you take out for your business loan? About? 265000 okay. That's not including the, uh, the money that we actually had to borrow from my mom, too. Right. Yeah, because that first year was rough. Like, you're not going to make money if you start private practice cold the first year, unless you're a super genius. My you sister's a had, super genius. You got to build that. So you guys started, yeah, built a, a, a building from scratch? Yeah, so we uh, 
we specifically knew that we wanted to practice in Chino Hills. We, we did a lot of research. Uh, there was no Chinese speaking doctor who was doing ortho K at the time there. So my sister did a lot of ortho K. Um, she had good experience. So we knew that was a good location. And there was a specific plaza that we wanted. It's actually the 99 Ranch Market Plaza. So um, it's kind of our demographic. I speak Chinese, my sister speaks Chinese. Um, we would fill a need in there um, specifically. So we just went to the plaza, literally went around every single store and just asked them, oh, how's business? What's your plans here? Um, until we actually found a business who was uh, this person cutting hair and he said that he actually wanted to sell his uh, his business. So we took over his lease. We bought out his lease, um, knocked down all the walls, put in new walls, put in new rooms, added in furniture, basically furnished the whole place up. Um, so that was, I think that's one of the things that you don't learn in optometry school is actually how to make that process happen, how to actually do a build out, talking to general contractors, getting bids, and also planning out like how the flow of the whole office is going to feel. So that was, I would say that was very challenging because we had no prior experience. We didn't know how to do it. We just kind of went with it. And I felt like we did a really good job with uh, given the circumstances. What part of the Chino Hills Plaza are you in? Is it like the TJ Maxx side? <laughs> is that where the 99 Ranch, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while. Uh, we we're actually pretty close to Costco. Did you, okay. Are you guys familiar with Chino Hills? Yeah. Well, I went to yeah. school in Pomona because I went to Western. Oh, yeah. You know where the Costco is then. Yeah. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, we're actually right across from the Costco. So it's on oh, Chino awesome. Avenue and Peyton right. Drive. Okay. Uh, so there's a 99 Ranch Market, uh, which is predominantly an Asian market. Um, so a lot of people who go there are um, our demographic Asians. Perfect. If you guys are in that area, you know who to go to now. Yeah. It's right next to the Asian 99 cent store. Yeah, there's 99 a Ranch Market, <laughs> not 99 cent store. It's, <laughs> it's a whole other world, dog. No. I mean, the, the Asians Asian are cheap. Version. I have to say, Asians are cheap. I wish there, if there was an Asian uh, 99 cent store, oh man, that place would blow up. People would be loving that. Next business venture. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's funny though. I don't know if you guys noticed though. Like he he started off saying, "Hey, like my sister gave me this idea. I'm just gonna jump on her piggyback." And then when he's talking, you can tell he has like the passion and the ideas, and he has the energy there. So like, how did you like find that? How did it, like running a business with your sister kind of invigorate you and like give you energy to like uh, enjoy this process? Because it sounds like you're really uh, like passionate about it and really enjoying it. Uh, that's a great question, JD. I feel like, well, the motivation is that you owe three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I think it's as simple as that. That's a yeah. low amount. I owe five hundred thousand dollars. So, mm. yeah. I thought I was about. I'm I'm at two hundred. No and that's kind of the crazy thing is, like, when I graduated, optometry school was like, I would say, the people that I talk to, the people that I know, it's about two hundred thousand dollars for optometry school. Um, and then now you uh, you hear kids who are graduating with three hundred thousand dollars, and that's, it's like it's very common. Um, so I get the grant applications and one of our questions that we ask for the grant applications is actually like, oh, um, how much student loans do you have? And you have to show proof. So a lot of people will be posting screenshots of their financial aid and how much they owe. 
And it's actually really common to see 300 nowadays, which blows my mind. $300,000 on 6.5% interest is sometimes more than people's mortgages. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty crazy. That's gonna be but going back to your question, JD. Um, yeah, the motivation was uh, was that we we borrowed money to start this business, and every month we would have to pay back the money, and you have to find passion uh, sooner or later, or else you're going to default on your loan. <laughs> uh, but I would say that it, it got really exciting because um, when you start your own business, you're starting something for yourself. The fact that we were starting cold, we were kind of playing with this blank canvas. We can do private practice any way that we wanted. I think that's the coolest part about private practice. And it started getting interesting more for me personally because of the whole branding aspect, the marketing aspect. So I got really, really involved into that. I started playing around with WordPress, uh, trying to build our website to make it look a certain way. Uh, we started working with graphic designers to create our logos, our typography, our look and feel. So that was kind of the cool part. I really discovered like, oh, in business, this is kind of my passion. I like to do marketing. I like to do branding. I like to create themes for our brand. And I like to make people feel good when they're coming in. Um, so newsletters, things like that. All, a lot of little things that I've created um, for Bright Vision Optometry is actually just marketing things. It's not like things that I learned in optometry school. Um, so I think that's where the passion uh grew um, within the business. Um, it kind of lit my fire about what I'm passionate about, which is branding and marketing. Awesome. Good for you. Because now you have this whole thing that you're doing. Who wants to uh, start that whole thing about the least confusion? Yeah, and I, I think if it wasn't for my private practice, I wouldn't have actually gotten into the whole least confusion thing. I would have no experience with branding and marketing. Um, so that was my first shot at really learning how to how to market. Um, and I think we did a really good job. There was a lot of people that's involved in what we did for Bright Vision, but a lot of it was just literally handing out business cards, going to local society meetings, going to Lions Club, Rotary Club. Um, I actually moved to Chino Hills for the first two years of my business. And it's like, how can I get to know the people in the community? So... <laughs> Funny story, I actually took a line dancing class um, at the community center, just started learning how to line dance. And then at the end of it, you just small talk people. Hey, uh, where are you from? Where do you live? Here's a business card, come check us out. So there was a lot of like little hustle things that I needed to do to really promote Bright Vision Optometry. Mm -hmm. um, and also just like find a way to get people through the door. Because when you start cold, there's absolutely no one. Mm. Like, literally, your schedule is just blank. And that's the worst feeling. So, like, you literally had to go out there and just pull people in. And my friends lived about 30 minutes away. So, I literally had to be like, hey, bro, how's life? When was the last time you got your eyes checked? You want to come all the way through to Chino Hills and get your eyes checked? I guarantee <laughs> you it's going to be the best eye exam. I'm going to hook you up. All right. So that was like the first wave of patients that we got was basically family and friends. Mm. And I think the hustle kind of continued because once you uh, sell them glasses, once you sell them contact lenses, I actually took the contact lenses and the glasses right back to them to home. I was like, I'm going to do a special delivery for you. I'm going to go and drop this off. 
And if you can, you know, help me out with a Yelp review, help me out with a Google review, tell your family and friends about what we're doing. And that's really what jump-started us getting organic patients to come in is actually hitting a hundred reviews on Yelp. And I will say like the first 80, 85% of those reviews are strictly just family and friends. I know exactly where your practice is because I used to pass it every day. I remember it now. It's like the one with the sun. You have like a sun as your logo, right? It's like yep. a sunset. Yeah. Right. Vision. <laughs> so with all of this and, you know, it's been about seven years now, how long did it really take for you to develop and get popping like, and, and have like a steady flow of patience and everything? Oh, uh, what's the, the definition of popping, Doug? Well, uh, I guess when you're when you're seeing green and you're not in the in the red anymore. Ooh, all right. Um, so I would say about. So there's a couple things. There's uh there's paying yourself through uh, your business, like as if you're an employee. So uh, we run an S corporation, and um, under the S corporation, you're technically as an owner, you're technically an employee too. So you're getting a W two. You can pay yourself salary. Uh, me and my sister didn't start paying ourselves until maybe around mid of third year. So for the first two and a half years, three years, we didn't pay ourselves even through a salary at all. Now, as far as actually taking out profits, I don't think we really started taking out profits until our fourth year. Um, so I think that's kind of the grind with private practice. It's a very delayed gratification game. You put in a lot of effort um, just to get to that point where you can actually make a profit. Um, and I think it's well worth it, really. That's awesome. So what inspired you to kind of start the least confusion? So it's, tell us your handle and tell us like everything about it so that people know where to follow and stuff too. Yeah. So, uh, the least circle of least confusion, uh, if you're trying to find us on Instagram, it's at least confusion. Um, for most of you guys who are in the optometry community, I think you guys are pretty familiar with the circle of least confusion, or at least you guys remember part of it. Maybe you guys remember it just for boards and you guys forgot about it, but it's something that we learned in optics pretty early on. Uh, but the inspiration for the circle of least confusion, it's, it's not necessarily just one thing. I think it's just through my whole experience uh, being an optometrist, getting out in the real world and really learning about the truth of the game <laughs> in some ways with our industry and what optometry is and more importantly what capitalism is and also what uh, what business is like basically after you graduate i think all of us were pretty naive at least i was when i was going through optometry school oh yeah everything is going to be cool once i get my job once i finish school life is going to be good i get to do whatever i want um, but it wasn't that case um, i felt very trapped with my student loans I felt like, man, graduating with $200,000 worth of student loans, it seems like everything that I'm making, a big chunk of it goes right back into paying my student loans. Um, so I kind of saw that student loans was my biggest challenge after graduation. So I wanted to do something that um, helped out other students with their challenges, specifically student loans. Um, so that was kind of the first inspiration was like, how can we give back to help others uh, with something that's actually more challenging than trying to find a job or get a CE, things like that. I feel like student loans is probably the biggest challenge for most optometrists who graduate. Um, now, the other inspiration actually came by when I was um, 
just hang out with my wife. Um, we like to go on dates on the weekends. I think this was around maybe 2019 before the pandemic. Uh, we actually went to Chinatown in downtown LA. There's a big park and they had this, um, they have this arts and craft festivals. There's probably over 500 booths at this really big park. And we were just strolling around. And all of a sudden I saw my friend, uh, Karen Tong. She's actually an optometrist who graduated SCCO the year before me. And she had a booth out there and she was, uh, she was making ceramics. We're talking about espresso cups, cups, plates. And it was very artsy. It was something completely different from optometry. So I was, I was a little taken aback because I was like, wait, you graduated optometry school and now you're doing this on the side and you're actually doing this full time. Because when I asked her, I was like, how many days do you work? She goes, um, I, I, I just work one day as an optometrist. The rest wow. of the time I'm doing this heel ceramics. So if you guys want to check out her stuff, it's H-E-O ceramics. And she does some really, really cool things. She actually has a little studio um, in the back of her house, just basically filled with ceramics and all that thing that she's doing. I don't know if you guys ever seen that movie Ghost where you go there and you're like handcrafting things and it's spinning around. She has that whole yeah. setup back there too as well. Uh, so she was also an inspiration because I was like thinking, man, it kind of gave me a new perspective. Like we're an optometrist, but we actually have the freedom once we graduate to do whatever we want, whatever we like. Um, so she kind of opened that door up for me to, and got me inspired to say, hey, I don't have to work five days a week as an optometrist and see patients for five days, six days a week. If I can find time and create time for myself and actually have some financial backing so that I'm not pressured to make money, to pay back my loans or whatnot, or pay back my business loans, I can actually take the time to do something else where I really enjoy and I truly wake up and find joy. Uh, so that was one inspiration. And then I would say the last, I would say cherry on top of why I started the circle of least confusion was actually my god sister, Anna. Um, her and her husband on social media has been basically going through a tough time with trying to get pregnant. So for about seven or eight years, uh, they were not able to get pregnant. They went through cycles of IVF uh, to the point where they're sharing their stories on social media and their struggles so they could relate to other people. They actually started a nonprofit organization called Cozy Warriors um, for people who are struggling to get pregnant and they were giving out infertility grants. And the way that they were making money off uh, to, to create the grants was selling socks. Uh, so Cozy Warrior Socks. And so um, at the time, actually, uh, when their nonprofit was starting, uh, me and my wife were in the process of trying to get pregnant too as well. And we did have some challenges. So uh, she got some of those socks. And I was like thinking, wow, what a cool idea. It's like, there are so many challenges out in society with different communities. Her community, it was the, the, the people who were having trouble getting pregnant. And I was thinking, man, what's the struggle within the optometry community? And it kind of led back to my struggle, which, which was paying back student loans and feeling like there's a pressure that I would have to work consistently during this just so I can pay back my student loans. And hopefully once I pay back my student loans, I can actually live the life that I want. So I felt like, why don't I just make some cool socks? Why don't I make some merch? Uh, see if I can actually make some money off of this and then make some grants and give them right back to the community. 
that's amazing man that's amazing that uh even after you know starting your own business like you want to give back to something that inspired you and then i think one thing that you really hit on there was yeah you go to school you learn how to be an eye doctor and in theory you want to apply that but like i think the biggest thing from school is you're learning worth ethic and how to be a critical thinker and that's what you're doing yourself like you're applying it to different facets of your life not just saying hey i have this eye doctor degree i need to just do that you're you're trying to find what makes you passionate and that that makes you more special and and, and keeps you going so that's that's awesome yeah, I mean, for anybody that's hearing out, like hearing this, I feel like exactly what you said, JD, I feel like people should just really find what they truly want to do and what they truly, I, I think you have to also find yourself like, I, I think I would be lying to myself if I said, I want to be seeing patients for five days straight for eight hours. Yeah, that's hard. Like, I, I that's really tough. Like, at least for me, um, my personality is like, I, I like to meet people. I like to get out and about. Uh, so for me to sit there, uh, for eight hours in one room uh, for five days a week, uh, I realized that that's not how I want to live life. As much as the struggles I went through for optometry school, just to get that degree to do that, like right now, I can only tolerate one day a week. <laughs> so that's what I tell my sister. I'm like, I can give you one day seeing patients, but you got to let me roam. You got to let me go do my other things. And I promise I'll find a way to give back to, to our business. And I'll, I'll contribute in different ways. Yeah, I feel it. Cause now at the Saturday is my last day of work at this day five. And I want to just go home and not think about anything. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, Saturdays is tough. Cause every time you go on social media, you see Saturdays, everyone's out having fun. Man. I was working Saturdays for what? I don't know, five years straight. Yeah. So at the time I was working and building my business, I was, also, I was also working for other people too, so I can pay off my student loans. Mm. Um, and those Saturdays were tough because that was the FOMO day. It was like, damn, <laughs> let me just finish. I hope this last patient doesn't show up so I can go straight to where my friends are at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So where do oh, that's you good. Go? I mean, did you... Go ahead, Sven. I was going to ask, where do you want to go from here? I feel like you've accomplished a lot and we all are very inspired by your story. We're inspired on how you started. Um, didn't think at all that this would have been your story and sitting here as a student, I feel very inspired and like, wow, like um, you don't hear these things at school, you know, it, it's all very new. So now that you've kind of accomplished all of this where do you want to move forward like what's the next goal whether it comes to your practice with your sister or social media or the brand what do you see yourself doing next um there's a lot of exciting thing i think the most exciting thing for me actually is not related to optometry or the circle of least confusion i have to be real honest mm -hmm. um i think the private practice we started the private practice between me and my sister so that we can create time for um, for our families, really. Uh, my sister has two boys who are growing, uh, Nick and Ryan, my nephews. I love them dearly. Um, so she wants to create time so that she can spend time with them. For me personally, um, the private practice thing was so that I can set up spaces where I can really be present with my family. So now that I don't really have to work on weekends, Saturdays and Sundays are my time to spend with my wife. Um, to spend with my family so i guess the next step is really just to try to grow our family have a second baby if we can make that happen oh. and take the time to really cherish those moments where i think it's super important it's kind of like the the amblyopia sensitive period right we talk about zero to eight years 
that's like the period of time. If you don't correct amblyopia, you're never going to achieve 2020. And I feel the same way about my kids too, or actually my, my daughter and my future kid is, I feel like the zero to eight period is like the most fundamental. That's where their brain develops the most. Um, perhaps that's where they're going to have a lot of good habits that's ingrained into their head. So I, I, I'm really looking forward to spending the next, I want to say 10 years, really nourishing uh, their mindset and try to shape them to be just good human beings, um, respectful human beings, and enjoy those moments, those small little moments. Uh, but for talking more about the business side, uh, Bright Vision Optometry is getting a facelift. Um, we're actually doing an expansion. During COVID, um, our neighbor actually bounced. Uh, they literally left their uh, after-school program business, and they've just left. There's eviction papers on their walls during COVID, and there's about 2,000 square feet of extra space that we're taking over. So. Next week, we're starting to demo. Bright Vision version number two is starting. We're gonna have four exam rooms. We're gonna have a VIP room. Uh, we're gonna actually try to incorporate- That about. Yeah, retail. Yeah, we're on our way. VIP, into... say less. Yeah. Yeah, come through. <laughs> is that the podcast? Oh, we're gonna have that Henny for you. Okay, oh, let's Henny? go. Oh. Anything yeah. is possible. I'm gonna be seeing double. I don't know yes. about this. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. Our I'm gonna need some prism. <laughs> <laughs> then we did our jobs right. I think if you're seeing double need prisms, now you're great. Come through for that. Perfect. I'm gonna book my flight right now. Hold on. <laughs> oh. uh, so yeah, so that's that's something that we're working on on the back end. Um, and then as far as the least confusion, I don't really know. <laughs> I think I'm just having fun with it. Uh, obviously, I have goals too. Um, for the circle of least confusion, I'm just going to try to find a way to give out as many or as much money as we can back to the community. So this year, I have a goal set for giving out $8,000 in grants. Uh, we actually have a grant happening right now, which is um, we deviated a little bit from the student loan grant just because of the whole MBEO situation. Um, I followed up a lot of autometrists, and I think everyone was um, pretty pissed, I have to say, about the increased fee hype. For MBEO. So I figured, well, let's let's listen to the community and make sure that um, they know that someone is trying to help them out. So instead of giving out a $2,000 student loan grant, we kind of divided it up to be uh, for the MBEO grant to have seven $320 grants. Mm -hmm. The $320 came from the difference between part one from last year to this year. Uh, so that's actually happening right now. Um, so in about two weeks, we're going to be giving out over $2,000 right back to the community. And I hope to continue to do that and find a way to increase that money, maybe add another digit if we can in the future, just by selling merch and connecting with other people in our industry. Yeah. Can you just touch on like how the grants work and stuff like that? Like how you like collect the money and how then you decide to distribute it and things like that so that the people listening kind of know? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the grants come from um, all the profits that we sell from merch. Um, so for example, this hoodie costs $85 on our website. Um, this is my first time sourcing out a hoodie, so I didn't really know how much things are going to cost. I'm a little bit of a stickler when it comes to merch. I want to make sure it's high quality. So the cost of this whole hoodie was $45, actually, wholesale uh, from... Uh, from 
actually Europe. <laughs> um, so the difference between that is actually $35. Uh, we actually hand stitch uh, these logos or not logos. Let me see if I can find it uh, right here. So we have this on there. Nice. Um, so we actually hand stitched that. So we sourced this material. We got you personally hand stitched that by yep. with those fingers right there. Dang, that yes. <laughs> you should charge more. Yeah, that's dedication. So, so I mean, I, I'm just trying to like, I feel like when it comes to like merch, it has to be a certain quality. Um, right. I grew up, um, I guess, in the hype scene, uh, buying SB dunks off of the internet. Uh, one of the first people to probably wear a Supreme hat and shirt. Uh, so all that stuff really resonates to me. So this is kind of like an extension of all of that. Uh, so going back to the grants, yeah. So the grant money that we have, which we actually have um, created over $10,000 for our grant fund so far, all of that is just profit from selling merch. Uh, so operational costs, like let's just say the booth that we got at Academy actually came out of my pocket, mm -hmm. literally my own money. Um, I'm not taking the money that we make from merch um, to expense the other expenses. Um, so all the money is really just all the profits that we make from merch, hoodies, crew necks that we sold, t-shirts, the socks, not the stickers. The stickers, I'm not even making the money off of. The stickers is just for people who actually really like stickers. I don't know why. There's a lot of people who like stickers nowadays, so <laughs> I kind of ran with that. <laughs> um, so that's where the grant money comes in. Um, and then also any donation that comes in also goes into the grant fund. So luckily we had some donations. I want to give a big shout out to Stacy Jin, who's a very prominent uh, optometrist, private practice owner. She owns two practices here in the San Gabriel Valley. She heard about our cause and like without hesitation, literally just goes, uh, what's the address where I can send a thousand dollars to? Uh, so she gave us a grant, uh, a donation there. Another doctor, Dr. Justin Abel gave us some money too, as well as a donation. Um, the cool part is actually my friends started hearing about what I'm doing. And one of my wife's really good friends from college works at Salesforce. And a lot of these big tech companies actually have a giving part of their business. Uh, so Salesforce actually, uh, because of her nomination, um, gave us a donation check too, as well. So um, it's, it's actually become something that I never thought this would have become. Um, I think this, for me, it's just more for fun. And I think it's also fun for our community too, to have something that's a little bit less rigid, a little bit less, I, I mean, I wouldn't say unprofessional. I think that's not a good word for it, but just something that's more organic and it feels natural and it feels like we can be ourselves. And it feels like someone is actually out there listening to our needs, um, so I think that's where the whole circle of confusion comes into play. And then how can you qualify for like a grant or how do you apply? Uh, to apply for a grant, there's, well, for the student loan grants, I made it so that um, you can only apply for it if you bought merch from us. Um, the thinking behind that is if you're not going to help our community, I don't think you should reap the benefits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, I think that's pretty fair. It's kind of like if someone could just come in here, tell a really good story on our application, and then they take $1,000, $2,000 for the grants, but they were never contributing to that grant anyways. I felt like right, that would right, be right. pretty wrong. Right. Uh, so part of it is that if you want to buy something, and I try to make it as, as easy as possible to buy something. So for example, the sticker pack is literally $5. 
so you can buy something for $5 and you get a chance to win $1,000 for a grant. Or at least going forward, we're going to do $2,000 student loan grants. So that's the uh, requirements for the student loan grants. Uh, for the NBEO grant that we're having right now, the requirement is just if you paid for an NBEO fee um, exam in the last 12 months and you can show proof of that. That's awesome. Um, so that's that's pretty much it. And I try to make the application pretty simple. This is not a optometry school application. Like you don't have to go and Up take the OATs. Yeah, nothing break. like that. <laughs> no, no, like I've been through that. We all been through that. And it's a nightmare just to try to gather that. Like that whole application process is not uh, it's super stressful. So I'm trying to make this as simple as possible. You literally just go through like five, no, probably like 10 questions. You upload some stuff and then that's it. It could take as fast as five minutes. And then how do you decide who gets them at the end? Like, is it a random generator or? Uh, that's a really good question too. So I don't like to be the one making the decision. And I think it will be very unfair for me to just personally make the decision. So for the student loans, we actually have a panel of judges, um, usually optometrists. Uh, so they'll... The panel of judges is usually in three. And so each judge will get to see all the applicants and their story. And at the end, each judge will rank their top three. So they'll rank them number one, two, three. And if you're ranked number one, you get a certain amount of points, obviously more points, two, a little bit less, three, the least amount of points. And then at the end, we gather everybody's vote for their top three. We calculate all of their points and then there's the winner right there. And, and how often are you doing it? So the student loan ones, you do like every couple months or like every quarter? It's just whenever we have money, honestly. <laughs> yeah. That's a great so, time. <laughs> so like, say, for example, we, uh, yeah. So like, say, for example, uh, San Diego, uh, we were at Academy. Um, honestly, I didn't know how it was going to go. Uh, me and my, uh, me and Brian, Brian Baldovino, shout out Baldo, uh, Brian Baldovino. Uh, he, li I literally just called him up. I was like, you want to go to San Diego? I got a booth. You want to just go with me and see what happens? Uh, we basically put a bunch of our merch into his little car. We bought stuff from Ikea, <laughs> basically the hangers, uh, all the furniture. We stuffed it in there. We drove down to San Diego. I was actually expecting to make I don't know, no money. I didn't really know what was gonna happen, uh, but we actually sold out on our crew necks um, over in San Diego. We sold a bunch of socks, sold a bunch of t-shirts. So after San Diego, we actually created almost like, I don't know, four or $5,000 for our grant. And then once I got that grant money, um, then I started giving them out and it was actually on a monthly basis. So I think from October, November, uh, December, uh, we were able to give out $1,000 consecutively. That's awesome. Um, and then for the new NBO one, you're going to do it like just a one-time thing, like every year? I have no idea. Okay, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can ask my sister. I'm not okay. the planner. She's the planner when perfect. it comes to these things. I, I kind of just like to wing it. I, I go for feel. Uh, so for example, this whole NBO thing literally was just like, wow, everyone's really fired up about this. Um, what is one thing that's within my control that I can actually try to help out people who are really pissed about this? So that's kind of what it came about. Uh, I mean, if India was going to keep raising their prices, then I might have to do this every year. Right. 
well, you're the man to do it, so it's fine. They'll probably reach out. <laughs> All right. Doug, you want to lead us into our next segment? Well, um, <clears throat> this question is going to lead us into the next seg segment. And so, since you asked us all in the Academy, what would you pick, one or two? Oh, dang, that's a good one. Um, I'd have to go the same. Mm. Yeah, the same? I, I, I like that answer. Because oh. that's when you know you're wow. done refracting. <laughs> okay, okay. Are we going to give that as a choice here? No, <laughs> you can't. Okay. I can't? And and oh. so, since you're our first guest, you're going to be the first one to ever play this. We're, we're doing this segment. It's called Would You Rather Rather Optometry Edition. So it's it's very simple. One or two. Would you rather MJ or Kobe? Oh, Kobe all day. One or two. Okay. <laughs> two. Okay. Two or three. Kobe or LeBron? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> oh my god what no, kind of sports Kobe. ball is this it's called basketball Nadia okay. <laughs> I'll write that down home. Um, I have to say Kobe Kobe's my guy uh, he's, he's one of my biggest inspirations in life I have. so Kobe all day although LeBron is, is a beast within himself like I still have to go with Kobe he has my heart <laughs> okay um one or two, Henny or Jack? Henny. Yep. We're, we Asian now. people love Henny. Sweat, <laughs> <laughs> so, you got a couple? Yeah, mine were more opta related, not basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and <My> alcohol related. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine... You know where Doug's head's at. Oh, I know. Doug's ready to party. <laughs> I just got done playing basketball Rico. like an hour ago. <laughs> you what? I just got done playing basketball like an hour ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I can smell you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I showered. I had to take it easy. <laughs> I had to come fresh for the pot. <laughs> okay, my one or two was, would you rather... Um, okay, full day of patient care. So one, the phoropter's broken, or two, the slit lamp's broken for an entire day. Ooh, uh, slit lamp, lamp, for sure. Because the phoropter, I feel like, is more important. Um, at least in my practice, we got to get the right prescription so these people can buy glasses and contact lenses. Nice. And then another one, talking about the NEBO. One, fail and repeat part one, or two, fail and repeat part three. You don't, you don't, that, yeah, that was an easy question. Uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely two, because part one, um, I'm starting to get stressed just thinking about part one, like my heart hurts right now. Ooh, part one scares me. Yeah, flashback. It's 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 really like those were traumatic memories that I try to oh, try to forget. Yeah. Uh, so for all the people going through part one, it's okay. Once it's over, you, you can just you can just erase it from your memory bank, unless you get a, asked a question about part one on the podcast. <laughs> you might. You never know. <laughs> you never know. And we also have a little 
surprise, right? Who wants to talk about it? Um, we're gonna, since you're on the podcast and we want to support, we're gonna buy a hoodie from oh. you. Yes. And then we're gonna do a giveaway. So we'll talk to you about Ooh. all the details. Um, I think it's gonna be like, they're gonna have to follow both of our accounts and then, um, you know, just tag some people. So that'll be up on our page later. So the details. Oh. And I, I'm gonna buy one just because I'm, I'm gonna buy one. Yeah, I want some socks. I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you guys. That's that's super awesome. Uh, so, thank you guys for all that you guys are doing. I feel like you guys got a really cool group of people. A uh, very insightful question. So, I'm looking to support in any way I can. We're ready to support you too. So, thanks for being our first guest. Thank, thank you. All love. Thank you. <laughs> Great.